Want to hear more of Casio in between podcast episodes? You can listen to the Jimbo and Casio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on therocket951.com. I got a question for you, sir. Okay. What is double fried French fries? Double fried? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it makes them extra crispier because they'd make, I know there's restaurants around town that have, they call them double dipped wings, double fried. So they'll, they'll fry, them first, fry them first and then batter them and fry them again? Yeah, but fries don't have batter, uh-uh. so I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, Why do you bring that up? Well, there's a food writer that's written, in his opinion, the eight kinds of potatoes from best to worst. Mashed is number one. Mashed is not on the list. That list got thrown out. <laughs> Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store. What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you do? You listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. Special guest today, so thank you for joining me. We have Alicia Atude, the interview queen. She's with MLW Wrestling. Uh, she has a music blog, so we'll get into all that with Alicia Atude. First, of course, a little housekeeping. Social media at Casio's Cut, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Casio's Cut. You can find us there. You can download future and past episodes, specifically at our website at Casio'sCut.com. And, of course, you can find the podcast wherever you're probably listening to it right now. But in case you didn't know, it's at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, it is available. And if it's not, if for some reason it's not on the place that you want to listen to it, let me know and I'll figure out how to get it on there for you. Be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as we continue to grow on the old YouTubes over there. Just type in Casio's Cut Podcast. You come right up. Make sure you click subscribe. Make sure you like and comment on our post there. Merchandise headquarters, of course, CasiosCuts.com. That's with an extra S on the end. CasiosCuts.com. You can get all the merchandise you want. Long sleeve, short sleeve t-shirts. You can get your hoodies. You can get your sweatshirts. You can get your tumblers. You can get your koozies, your pop sockets for your cell phone. You can get your snack pack to keep all your little Debbies in. It is all there, and it continues to grow each week, CasiosCuts.com, official candy liquor merchandise headquarters. Coming up next week, we will have our P.O. Box episode where we find out what's in Casio's box. What did you stuff in my P.O. Box? Boom, we'll do it next week. We'll have our next episode. Those are always a blast. Thanks to all you candy lickers out there who send stuff in. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to be a part of this one, uh, you need to hurry up and get your stuff in. If not, we'll get it in on the next one. All you got to do is mail anything you want. Letters, cards, pictures, books, gifts, 
games, anything you want, anything you think will be funny or just, hey, want to send to us. Uh, you Hey, if you got a company, you want to send us some of your merch, it'll get on the YouTube channel and it'll get on the podcast. It is that easy. Send us anything you want to the P.O. Box. It is Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. That's Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. Without further ado... Alicia Atut joining me, social media influencer. She's a model now. She's a wrestling reporter. She's a music reporter. She does it all, and she is my guest. Welcome her in. I'm very excited to have the interview queen herself on my podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. I'm very happy we were able to make this happen. Well, this is a very busy time for you, of course, right before the new year you announced a uh, multi-year contract with MLW. So this has to be very exciting and a very busy time for you as we start 2020. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to have kicked off the year signing with them. They're just such a great company. Everyone in the locker room is so passionate, so hardworking. And the fact that they saw those qualities in me and wanted to bring me onto their brand for not just a show, but for uh, multiple years, it is just it's really amazing. And, you know, a lot of people in this industry, they're always like after that, that signing and that contract. And I was in that position where I'm like, well, I'm a backstage interviewer. Like you just never know. And then this opportunity came about and I'm like, Ooh, this is a really good fit. So (laughs) I'm I'm really, I'm really, really excited about it. Very thankful. Well, uh, you led into one of my questions. Why, why do you think MLW is a perfect home for you? I feel like they have this really great mentality where everyone is just very driven we had an amazing locker room meeting um at the last show the last tapings we did in dallas and you know you just look at some of our locker room leaders whether it's loki or savio vega and conan and just the way that they talk with everybody they just want to lift everyone up and if you do you happen to mess up or if there is something to work on, they're just straight with you and they're like, all right, this was good, but fix this. Or if you did something great, they'll be like, yo, that was awesome. Just do it exactly like that next time. So which is a good morale. I mean, Court behind the entire company, he is just such a hard worker. You can see it just from all the traveling he does, all the meetings. It's just, it's a good place to be in. The, I mean, the talent they speak for themselves they put on some of the best matches i've seen live and i've only been to two of their shows so far so it's uh it just feels positive it feels it just feels right when i'm there and i've been looking for that and i'm i'm really glad i found it so most of our most of our listeners here at cassio's cut of course are big wrestling fans we've had uh numerous uh wrestling guests on the show uh but just for those who are are maybe you're not mlw fans so and they're not listening uh, you know, because they saw this on social media and our Alicia to fans, uh, just kind of talk about how you got here. You're a, you, you've also got a music blog. You are very active on social media. You've done modeling stuff. So kind of tell us how this all blossomed into a career in wrestling, which is a very male dominated, uh, you know, entertainment business, but you have somehow wedged your own place in there. Yeah, it's been a very crazy and unexpected ride. If you would have asked me four years ago, oh, did you think you'd be in the wrestling world? I'd be like, no, I would never have thought that. Uh, But I'm very glad I ended up here. So it pretty much ended up being, um, I started a music blog when I was a teenager. I was uh, 16, 17 years old. And I'd go to shows. 
I'd write album reviews, take concert photography, and then I started interviewing bands about a year in. Uh, after a few years, that blossomed and became fairly big. And my dad actually said, well, you're doing really well with the musicians. A market that could be really good for you is wrestling because we watch wrestling at the house i've been a wrestling fan since i was a little girl so i was like okay let's try it like this could be fun so i did my first wrestling interview three years ago and it did super well it gave me that confidence i needed to be like okay like i got the skills to do this too awesome and um from there it just led to interviewing at indie promotions then indie promotions saying hey we need a backstage interview are you interested then people started to know me as an interviewer for backstage and for youtube my own my own show and uh then i just started getting opportunities and offers from people and so <laughs> it was all very organic right place right time knowing the right people uh and then it kind of got me here and you know, as far as the, the modeling and influencing stuff goes, once you get a fan base of some sort, companies can be amazing and can offer you really cool opportunities. So, you know, right now I'm the influencer for like my favorite clothing company called Shein and I get to do stuff for them and you just, you never know what's going to be thrown your way. And that's, that's why I'd rather be like everywhere <laughs> working my butt off because you never know what could come out of it. <laughs> well, look, I've, if they follow you on social media, they've seen you in the product. Uh, I've only mostly seen bikinis so far. So before we get out of here and when we sign off, uh, let's be sure to do a swap because uh, my wife wants a bikini. So I'm going to have to send you some Casio's cut merch for a swap if that's fair. <laughs> I'm definitely down. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The bikini stuff threw me for a loop because I was doing clothing with them uh, for like a month and a half, maybe two months. And then my contact at the company approached me saying, hey, we have this new swimwear line coming out. We like what you're doing. Would you like to participate? And I mean, I think my time on social media, let's say the last five years, I posted one bikini photo from vacation. So I was like, oh, gosh, like this is interesting. But it was such a great <laughs> opportunity. I couldn't pass it up. So you know, it's one of those things where I was like, let's just, let's roll with it. And it's been, you know, it's been good so far. Uh, I'm sure that is a very, uh, I mean, I, I can a little bit imagine back when I did a little bit of my TV stuff, my mom always got onto me because I somehow ended up shirtless and being a chubby guy. Okay. A fat guy. Uh, she, her advice was keep my shirt on. Uh, luckily back then social media was not around with all the trolls and the haters. So I'm sure that you had to be kind of anxious, just, you know, kind of putting yourself out there in front of everybody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll put a picture where I'm wearing like a turtleneck and cozy jeans, you know, like baggy jeans. And I'm, I'm still thinking, <laughs> what are people going to say? And it's, it's not necessarily just a confidence thing. It's more so you, you put your heart out there. I put everything into my, my interviews and what I do. Like I want the best product as possible. And so when people tear it down, whether it's your looks or what you do, you're just like, ah, oh, people suck. So when I came to the bikini, so I was like, oh shit, like there's, sorry, I don't know if I can curse. You yet. can, you're good. Was, okay, sweet. I was like, ah, oh, this is like a whole other level of way people can criticize me. But you know what? So be it. I don't delete any negative comments. I just let them flow. My fans attack them if it does happen, but I'm lucky. It's it's fairly rare. You, uh, so you don't you don't delete them at all. Do you block people? Oh, I block so many people. It's just <laughs> people. 
some people don't know when to quit. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm not even blocking them. I'm not even blocking them because, like, I'd be offended. I'm just blocking them because they annoy me. It's like, why? I don't need your opinion if it's going to be negative. I don't need that energy. I try to be positive, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not all the time because that's life. But, yeah, I don't need it from some random dude, like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> that's big time that your fans go to bat for you. Do you have, a, do you have like, a cool nickname for them yet? Is there, like, a the Atoot Army or something like that? Funny enough, there's actually not a name for my fan base. Like, we need to have I that. Like, I've, I, it's weird. I saw, I don't remember who I was interviewing, but they had a really cheeky name for their fan base. And I thought, it was like a week ago, I thought, I need one of those. But I just, I don't know. Sometimes they come off like so cliche. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't want the Atoot Air Force or something like that? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you mentioned uh, being an influencer and talking about your brand. Uh, look, I need to know. I need to become an influencer. Do you have any tips for us that are aspiring to be influencers, Alicia? Uh, the word influencer is so funny to me. <laughs> it makes me. It makes me feel like embarrassed to call myself that, but it's just like, because it's, it's so millennial and it makes me cringe. But at the same time, if you don't use that word, then sometimes you miss out on opportunities because if, you know, these marketing agencies and brands, they see that word and then, you know, they, they kind of flock to you more. But anyway, that was a side rant. But um, <laughs> mainly just like try to have a really good fan base. And sometimes it's not just about the numbers. Obviously, that is somewhat a part of it. But it's about the, the quality that you post, the content you post and how interactive you are with people. Because if I'm supporting a company and representing them they want to know that i'm gonna take their clothes or jewelry or whatever it may be and like really put it out there uh and make sure everything looks good so it's kind of just like how i mentioned before like put everything into it well looking over your uh twitter feed uh, as you are an influencer as well i need you to give me tips because for some reason i can't take a good selfie okay and you seem to be on point with the selfies What's the key to it? What's the secret to a good selfie? I don't know. Most of my selfies, I'm making really stupid faces. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> um, is there an angle? Is there a lighting trick? What's happening? Am I just ugly? Nah, it's just know your good side. My left side's good. I hate the right side of my face. So most of my pictures, you'll know it. Your left side's, side's good. Yeah. Now, now that's all I'm going to look at when I look at pictures on your selfies. I'm going to say, mm, she went right side there. She was branching out a little bit. <laughs> right once once in a while it happens it's rare though <laughs> so one of your biggest trolls uh i saw uh most lately was uh everybody's favorite troll right now is mjf uh screw him <laughs> he, <laughs> he sucks <laughs> he made fun of your middle finger and i felt personally attacked because i had an injury to the end of my middle finger so it doesn't bend all the way correctly first of all i didn't oh. see anything weird on yours i don't know why he was popping off um so there's nothing else to critique that's his problem there you go there you go so next time look next time i see you uh we've seen each other at starcast in the past so next time i see you at a wrestling convention or somewhere at an event we need to take pictures of our matching middle fingers and send them to mjf are you with me on that oh i'm definitely down (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure i zinged him pretty good because he didn't even respond to my reply you didn't block him though right Nah, he gets a pass. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Have you, is there anybody that you've noticed? Um, it fascinates me when somebody finds out that a celebrity has blocked them on Twitter. So is there anybody on Twitter that you found out that you're blocked by and literally have no idea why? 
Yes, you know what baffles me? I've met him once, and he was, like, nice to me, so I I think it's by accident. But for some reason, Alex Shelley has me blocked on Twitter, and I have no idea. Because I'm, like, friends with almost all of his friends. Um, Alex, if you're listening. Right? I've never spoken, like, illly of... Why would I, right? But um, I remember going to tweet him once, because we were going to be at the same show, and I was trying to line up interviews, and I was like what the hell he blocked like she blocked me but I I genuinely feel like unless he really disagreed with one of my photos or quotes um in which I never like talk politics or religion so I don't see how that'd be the case I don't know what the deal is but next time I see him I'm asking I'm like what's going on bro I call my listeners the candy lickers um (laughs) I can I can tell the we can get all the candy lickers to tweet Alex and ask why you're blocked if you want Oh God! Or would that cause? Do you I think, think he, that'll cause legit heat? I think he'd be like, "What's going on?" She must be really <laughs> obsessive over this block. But the only reason I bring it up is because he's the only one I think has blocked me. That's the and I I, I realized this like forever ago. It's not like I check to see if Alex and Shelley's following me. Yeah, usually it's weird when you go to tweet like somebody or tweet about or somebody will go, "Hey, did you see this tweet?" And it's hidden. You're like, "Wait, am I blocked by so and so?" That's that's pretty amazing that you had no idea going in. Um, yeah. <laughs> so who who has been your most awkward interview? Most awkward. We'll, interview. we'll break it down. Maybe one in wrestling and one in the music industry. I've honestly lucked out. Like you have the awkward ones. Like I interviewed Rosemary, and she's you know you're you're interviewing a demon, so like it's a little awkward and scary <laughs> and difficult. So I mean, she licked my hand at the end of one of our interviews. That was terrifying. So like I'd say she's definitely like one of the most awkward interactions i've had no to self book rosemary for an interview okay go ahead exactly and then on the music front i don't know awkward um i've interviewed a couple bands that were just like so high they didn't even know what was going on so you know you almost have to like snap your fingers and be like hey (laughs) want to answer the questions here but um nothing that's ever been awkward where i've been like offended or actually taken aback like you know in a weird situation i've been very lucky I'm on a morning radio show here, and we're on a rock station, and uh, we get to, every now and then, we interview a bunch of guests. I think the worst track record we have on the morning show is UFC fighters, Uh, but I I chalk that up to usually when we interview them, um, it's about the Friday before their fight, and so they've been cutting weight for, you know, two weeks, and it's already in the morning, so they're not used to getting up early, so I I chalk that up to that, and the same thing with bands, it's just kind of hard to get in a vibe. Uh, you know, over the phone at 6 a.m. when a band guy's probably hasn't even been to bed yet. So, um, but I haven't had any like you. I haven't, ha- like you said, I haven't had any luckily uh, where it was just totally awkward and and kind of ruined the moment or ruined my view of that artist. Yeah, I'm really lucky for that because I've done thousands of these things and you'd expect one to just go terribly wrong. Like just for whatever reason, like it should have happened by now. And watch the next interview I do is just going to be horrible. But uh, no. <laughs> Um, but you just never know, right? So I feel very lucky that every interview has gone fairly well and I've enjoyed them. And last couple, I, uh, mentioned to a couple of my friends that, uh, I was going to be, uh, interviewing you for the podcast and had my buddy, Mike doc want to know, uh, cause everything's got a cool story. Do you have any cool tats or scars? So I have no tattoos at all. Okay. Sorry, sorry to be a there would be a bummer on your question there. What do you but, um, do you think that that that'll ever change? Or are you a no tattoo gal? Um, I'm not against it at all. Like I watch Ink Master and I like the artistry of it for sure. I just am kind of in the mindset where 
if something really means so much to me, like I can look at photographs and stuff and I don't necessarily need it permanently on my body. And I also don't think I trust anyone enough. They could be labeled the best tattoo artist in the world. Like I just don't trust someone enough to permanently change me that way. Right. Like just, just being very blunt about it. Um, the only thing I ever contemplated was um, my, my dog passed away um, a year ago and uh, I was thinking it, we, we took like imprints of her paw prints before she passed away. Yeah. So I was thinking it'd be really cute to get like a very minimal or minimalistic uh, paw print on my inner wrist. So that's something I contemplated, but I still think I, pr- I probably won't ever get it. So um, yeah, sorry, no tattoos. And as far as scars go, like my knees are pretty banged up. I have a scratch on my knee from when I was like in grade eight from skateboarding. I have a little scar there. And then uh, I was born with a weird scar in between my eyebrows. But it's not it's even it's really not that noticeable. So just like a little yeah. birthmark scar. Yeah, like it's like a it like it's a little indent, it's like a little rectangle indent in the middle of my eyebrows. It's uh it's not super noticeable. So well, there you go, sorry, Mike I Doc. Really, <laughs> I really messed up your question there, Mike. No, I'm no. Sorry. Now we're gonna be waiting for the dog print. I'll tell you a cool thing I got with uh, my last dog that passed away. We actually got his paw print on a Christmas ornament, so we hang it up on the tree now. Aww. That's so sweet. So think about that by doing it with, with, the, uh, with your paw print. Um, that's all for the uh, questions. So b- before we get out of here, because I know you are very, very busy, we want to do the countdown to wrap up the episode where I hit you uh, with 10 questions, all kind of relating to the number 10 down to one. And uh, we're going to get your feedback and let everybody uh, have fun with it. All right. I'm excited. All right. Number 10. Name something that's a perfect 10 in your life. Okay, so, I mean, nothing is perfect, but right now I'm in a pretty happy place with all the jewelry and clothes I have going on. And since that's materialistic and not a person or not an emotion, um, I'd have to say that's kind of a perfect 10. Do you have a, which which jewelry piece is your favorite, your perfect 10? That's hard. I have a ring that's like a crown that I absolutely love wearing just because of the whole interview queen persona. Um, and then I have a another ring, funny enough. It's a gold ring that I wear every single day. And it says, give them hell. Yeah. <laughs> so those, are my two, those are my two favorite rings. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Nine, of course, is the German word for no. So what is something... Uh, that is going to be no more uh, for New Year's. Maybe you swore it off for a New Year's resolution. What's something that's no in 2020 for Alicia Atut? Well, I told myself I was going to stop eating chips, but How's that, that working? hasn't. It's not working at all. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I, I said nine to that New Year's resolution. Does that count? <laughs> What's your chip weakness? Uh, I like cool da- cool ranch Doritos a lot. Cool like, ranch. Oh, I'm I'm obsessed with them. Like I've tweeted Doritos before, and we have some fun banter there. Like I'm, so, I love. I now, love are that you? Do, do you? You're you're Canadian. Do they have Taco Bell in Canada? Where are you from? Yeah, we do have Taco Bell. Do you go Cool Ranch Tacos? No, that sounds weird. Is that where they do the shell with like the Cool Ranch shell? Yeah, did tacos? they not bring that up there? I don't think so. I'm not a huge taco. I don't eat from Taco Bell unless it's their cinnamon twists. I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with those. But um, I don't really eat a lot of Taco Bell. Oh my gosh, that's well. That, that's why your selfies look good. Mine don't. Uh, yeah, they had the uh, they had the Cool Ranch Dorito shell tacos. They were. I I don't like them. I don't even know if they still do them. But they they have the original Doritos Loco, which is uh, very good. But the the Cool Ranch was very interesting. It's kind of 
like you said, it was kind of weird. But like, it's kind of got like a cool mint flavor almost, and it's it didn't oh. go good with taco. I, I just wanted a good combo. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, number number eight. Uh, we might have already answered it, but number eight, last thing you ate. Um, it's not Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, the last thing I ate, we just had my family and I. We just had a really good like penne alla vodka pasta with some bread. So that is the last thing I ate. Uh, that sounded like you just said uh, pasta with vodka in it. Is that all I heard? <laughs> I mean, there's vodka in it. You burn it <laughs> off, and then you put and you put like cream, um, tomato sauce, a bunch of different cheese in it, and yeah, it's delicious. All right, it's number seven. At seven years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a singer in the rock band. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of emo and alternative music, and so all I wanted to do was be a lead singer in a band. So you said you were a skater girl. Is or, I mean, are you like Avril? Is that like who you're talking talking about? No, more like bands like The Used, Taking Back Sunday. Oh, um, very emo. Yeah, Paramore, Dashboard Confessional, like I that was my that was my youth. <laughs> You're in the misery business. I got it. All right, number yeah. s- <laughs> <laughs> number six, six things Alicia Atut can't travel without. You you travel a lot, so what's what's kind of some six things that you can't travel without? Oh gosh, okay. I need my phone for travel info and my vlogging okay. and keep in touch. So I need my phone. I need clothing. Very important. Mm-hmm. Um, my passport, since I am Canadian. Okay. Headphones, because I can't travel on planes without headphones. If I do, I feel like my neck is about to blow off from the rest of my body because the pressure in my ears gets so bad. I know I, that's not even a joke. Like I hate flying if I don't have headphones. Um, well, they, are they? Do you like big over ear? Are you earbuds? Yeah. Over the ear, all the way. All right. I'm team over <laughs> the ear too. Yeah, I need water when I travel. Okay, which like sounds very diva esque, but like if I'm on a plane or waiting in like an hour security line after they make you throw out your water, I'm like, oh, damn it, <laughs> so I need water. <laughs> and the last thing is, I always travel with like a jean sherpa or like fur, um, faux fur jacket because, especially in the winter when I travel from Toronto to Dallas or Philadelphia or like Arizona. It's so hot when I get there compared to what Toronto weather is. Right. Um, I, I I hate it. So <laughs> I, when I'm in Toronto, I need to dress for the weather, and when I get there, I'm boiling. But I so I need a I need that kind of jacket when I'm. Well, well do you do you prefer the cold over the hot? I hate both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, number number five, of course, a five finger discount uh, is what we're related to. So, what is the last thing you stole? Um, so at the last, this is going to sound brutal, but like, just wait till the whole story. At the last MLW show, we had a bunch of chips backstage. So there was like Doritos, Cheetos, and a couple <laughs> other chips. And it was towards the end of the show, there was like a whole bag of chips left. And so Jacob Fatu and I, we look at each other and I see him eyeing the bag in the locker room. And I was like, bro, are you about to do what I think you're about to do? And he's like, hey, you were about to too. So we like to, each took like four. There was like those mini party bags. We both took like four bags of those Dorito chip little bags back to our, um, you know, our different hotel rooms and stuff. Like, it was so funny. I remember just seeing him. I remember just seeing him in the back. Like, I'm bringing these back to my room. And I was like, dude, I am too. <laughs> We've come full circle with the Doritos. Yes, always. <laughs> and number four, uh, the Mount Rushmore. It is a reoccurring 
theme on our show is one of the first questions I ask every guest. Uh, we even have merchandise about it now. Um, Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie's. So that's your top four, of course, the Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie's. So I'm Canadian, and I have no idea what a Little Debbie is. Oh, so, Alicia. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, basically, it is a huge snack cake brand. Uh, so whatever you would buy at a convenience store or grocery store, a snack cake. Um, you might have seen them around uh, the Twinkies or the cupcakes that are black with the white I swirls. Ding-dongs, any of those like that. Yeah, the only one I really eat of those are Twinkies. And then we have ones up here called Half Moons. And they're just like that really soft um, vanilla batter, or whatever you want to call it, like the cakey part. And then they're stuffed with a really light, frothy, like whipped cream. So I like Half Moons and Twinkies. Half Moons? Very. Yeah, I don't. I used to eat them all the time as a kid, but. Like, they used to be packed in, like, my, you know, when your parents pack you your lunch and stuff. Yeah. But um, I maybe have one, like, literally once a year. I I used to eat them all the time. I'm like, it's probably not for the best. So. Right, well, candy liquors that are listening, if you see Alicia at a convention or you know you're going to meet her out somewhere, bring, bring her me, some Little Debbie. Bring her some. No, we got to get you on the Little Debbie train. <laughs> we got to get you the little Debbie train. All right. Uh, and number three, uh, this should be very good for you because you have uh, Ambie, your music blog, three albums you would want with you on a deserted island. So these are the only three you can listen to forever. Okay. So um, there's a band called Bombay Bicycle Club. Uh, they were the first band I ever interviewed. I adore them. They have a record called A Different Kind of Fix. Um, super melodic. The syncopation on it is crazy. Um, it's, it's just a solid like a album. I, I'm obsessed with it. Then there's a band called Maximo Park, who are also from England. Um, just a great rock band with like pop melodies, and they have a record called A Certain Trigger. So that would be with me. And then I couldn't go anywhere without a Kiss album, so I'd have to pick Destroyer by Kiss. A Kiss fan. Oh, massive. Love them. Well, see, you're in the KISS Army. you got to have the Etude Army now. So if you <laughs> if you were one of the KISS members, who would you be? Oh, damn. Okay, so from a marketing standpoint, I mean, Gene Simmons is <laughs> right. definitely rolling in the dough. But um, I'd probably have to go with Paul Stanley. Just the showmanship he has, the way he talks through the shows is so funny. Um, and just to be that, like, badass frontman wearing, like, those vests with the hairy chest sticking out, like, it's a good <laughs> It's a great look. That uh, that would be fun. He's kind of got the wrestling singlet underneath. Yeah, he totally does. <laughs> or maybe he has some of the uh, bikinis you've been modeling. Uh, it looks like a top that uh, you would have on there. He's got some interesting outfits. Yeah, definitely. I saw them in Finland over, over the summertime, and they were just so good. Like I, I lost the night. I couldn't talk the next morning because I just screamed every single song. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, have you ever uh, painted your face like any of them, like Halloween or anything like that? Yeah, so I had to do this project when I was in grade nine. Um, it was like a nutritional project. And for some reason, I pitched to my partner, like one of my best friends. I was like, yo, we should do this project dressed as Kiss. So we like came out to present. We like ripped through this sheet through a door and we came out completely dressed. So I was the demon and she was the star child. And it was it was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. There we Full go. Makeup. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last couple here. Number two, if you are an in ring performer, past or present, who would be your wrestling tag team partner? 
Okay, now I know everyone's expecting me to say a wrestler right now, but I would have to go with Renee Young because every single day, either her or I are tweeted or Instagrammed or whatever, they're always like, when are you two going to get in the ring, huh? When are you two going to face each other, interviewer first interview? And, like, she's a, she's a friend of mine. She's a sweetheart. And she's like, I'm never getting in the ring. And I'm always saying, I'm never getting in the ring. So I feel like if I was to ever be an in-ring performer, it would have to be with her because it wanted <laughs> me to give the fans what they want. And two, it would be an absolute mess. <laughs> uh, any any uh, opponents that you would like to face, or is it all come? Everybody, you're just throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, we're just throwing it down. We'll, I mean, I- we'll just... We'll just insult them with research and dirt that we found on them. Based on social media heat, I think it's got to be MJF and Alex. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I know now it's going to seem like like I have something against Alex Shelley when I don't. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, so uh, number look, there's no heat. There's no heat with Alex. It's, she just said she somehow accidentally blocked us. No heat. I just want to make it clear for all the candy lickers. And number yeah, she- one, before we get out, who is the most yeah. per- famous person saved in your phone? This is very interesting since you've done so many interviews and interacted with so many people. Who would you say is the most famous person in your phone? Um, This was hard because it's like, do I want to give away names? I don't know. But um, I'd probably have to say either Mick Foley or Dustin Rhodes or Cody Rhodes. Well, I don't know if you're, I don't know, but probably those people. It depends. Yeah, it's it's hard to narrow down because it depends on who thinks who is more right. famous. It depends on your definition of famous and like what, like who are your favorite people. Like I have some actors in my phone that are big, but like people over here don't know that. Like it's weird. So that's why since it's more a wrestling crowd right now, I was like, let's go with Foley or, or Dustin. I think uh, I think Cody's been on the only one that's been on the show, so I give him a little bit of a nod here. Uh, but I have, I believe you have done the same. Um, I have opened up for Mick Foley on the road as he does comedy since I'm a comedian. Uh, I've opened up for him about three times now. So how did that go with, uh, you know, hooking up and being able to MC with him? Oh, it was the best. He reached out to me because I had interviewed him twice before. And when I found out that he was doing a Helen, uh, Helen Cell tour, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like, Helena Cell is the reason I started watching wrestling. Like, no way. <laughs> I love Mick Foley. So um, it was really surreal for me. I just, I, I'm still thinking about it right now. I'm like, that happened? I hosted two different <laughs> shows for him, um, two different tours. And it's it's just, it's really crazy. It was so fun. Uh, I'm sure you had the same experience. He is absolutely fantastic, uh, over the top, accommodating and nice and a pleasure to be around. And like you said, a little starstruck while you're around him and his fans are great too i mean they're all wrestling fans which is uh i get nothing but mostly positive feedback from the wrestling community yeah it was great like the fans were so receptive and nice and the ones who knew me like the people who watched a lot of the newer product were like so excited i was there and the people who only watched his old stuff and had no idea who i was they were like so welcoming and happy too so it's a good fan base he is just a sweetheart like i i literally have nothing but nice things to say about him and most people there's always something bad to say so you know he's a great, he's a great guy <laughs> well hopefully uh the candy liquors my listeners show you the love it is alicia Atut. alicia thank you for being with me the social media influencer the interview queen herself where did that name come from is that did somebody give you that moniker or did that kind of just blossom out of your career a bunch of fans started one one fan named Cameron who's like a super fan of mine started 
calling me the interview queen and hashtagging it. And then I'd retweet him and other fans started to see that. And then it just, it just kind of, people would meet me and say, oh, it's the interview queen. Or I'd get tweets and I was like, ooh, I like it. I like it. So I just kept it. Well, there you go. The interview queen herself. Thank you for joining me and uh, appreciate it. Tell everybody uh, how they can find you online if they want to interact with Alicia Toot, if they're not already doing so. Yeah, absolutely. All you guys have to do is type in Alicia Toot online, A-T-O-U-T, and there you will find not only my interviews, but also my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all of that good stuff. I'm very, very social on my social media, so if you happen to follow me, say hello, and also be sure to watch MLW. You can watch it every single Saturday if you have BN Sports at 9 p.m., or if you have YouTube, which I know all of you do, watch it at 6.05 p.m. And yeah, just thank you so much for listening and thank you for having me on. We're out of here. Like I tell all my guests, we better stop before we get embarrassed. February 5th, will you be there live on the road to revolution when AEW Dynamite comes to the Vaughn Braun Center for the first time ever? See AEW World Champion Chris Jericho in the inner circle. Cody, John Moxley, Pat, the Lucha Brothers, Kenny Omega, MJF, Hangman Page, the Nightmare Collective, and the Young Bucks. Oh my God! Don't miss AEW Dynamite at the Vaughn Braun Center. Tickets are on sale now and start at $20. Go to awtix.com and Ticketmaster.com.